Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, August 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Gibraltar releases an Iranian tanker at the center of a dispute between Britain and the Islamic Republic. And Walmart lifts its outlook for the U.S. as government data show unexpectedly strong retail sales for July. Plus, Apple's first step into personal finance, the Apple Card, will be rolled out in the U.S. this month. The FT's Patrick McGee got a sneak peek at how it works. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Gibraltar has finally released an Iranian tanker at the center of the dispute between Britain and the Islamic Republic. In July, British commandos and police in Gibraltar seized an Iranian tanker. They did so because the tanker, called Grace One, allegedly violated EU sanctions by transporting Iranian crew to Syria. Since then, tensions have been running high between London and Tehran. The release of the tanker happened after a hearing at Gibraltar's Supreme Court. It was complicated by a last-ditch effort by the U.S. Department of Justice to seize the ship. Tehran has interpreted the ship's seizure as a sign that the U.K. was aligning itself more closely with the Trump administration, which has been keeping a maximum pressure campaign against Iran. The U.K. has insisted the decision to detain Grace One had no relation with the U.S., Walmart raised its outlook for sales in the U.S., shrugging off the effects of the U.S.-China trade war and concerns over the health of bricks-and-mortar retail. The world's largest retailer is often considered a bellwether for middle-class spending. And when Walmart released its second-quarter results on Thursday, executives lifted the outlook for -for like-for-like sales in the U.S. market. They now expect these sales to rise to the higher end of a previous range of between 2.5% and 3%. Walmart's stronger U.S. outlook came on the same day the Commerce Department released positive data for July. Retail sales jumped by the most in four months by 0.7%. That's compared with economists' expectation for a 0.3% increase, according to a Reuters poll. But even with the better news out of the U.S., Walmart's overseas picture wasn't as rosy. Executives said the uncertainty around Brexit had hit non-food sales at its Asda chain in the U.K. where markdowns weighed on margins. They also pointed to so-called softness in Canada. Walmart shares closed up more than 6% on Thursday. And in other news... While those better-than-expected U.S. retail sales figures gave a boost to U.S. equities, investors continued to look for safety in the bond market on Thursday. The yield on 30-year U.S. government bonds fell to 1.916%, its lowest level ever, based on records going back to the 1970s. And it was the first time it has fallen below 2%. China's parliamentary police have been gathering near Hong Kong's border. China's People's Armed Police is dedicated to crushing internal unrest. And thousands of members from the force were seen practicing drills on Thursday at the Shenzhen Sports Center, which is just a few kilometers from Hong Kong. There was no official confirmation on why the personnel were there. But yesterday, China's ambassador to the UK warned that Beijing was prepared to quell Hong Kong's demonstrations. Analysts say that if Beijing were to deploy any troops to the streets of Hong Kong, the territory's economy would be hit hard. 
And Israel has barred two Muslim U.S. Congresswomen from a planned visit to East Jerusalem and the occupied West Bank. The Congresswomen are Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. Both have been critics of U.S. President Donald Trump and Israeli human rights violations. Mr. Trump has accused both Democratic politicians of anti-Semitism and said Israel would be showing, quote, great weakness if it allowed the Congresswomen to visit. They were barred under a law that allows Israel to ban visitors who call for a boycott of Israel or Jewish settlements. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. Apple's first credit card is expected to come out later this month. But as our own Patrick McGee points out, it's not really a card at all. So we're always going to be calling this a credit card, but in some sense, it's not. It's really just a way to get you to use Apple Pay. Patrick covers Apple for the FT in San Francisco. Which has been available for four years. Anyone who owns an Apple Watch or an iPhone is at least familiar with it. They might not necessarily be using it, but, you know, it's being rolled out more and more different retailers. So essentially, you know, when you want to buy lunch and you get the bill, as long as there's a contactless system there, you can just sort of open the um, wallet app or use your watch and pay immediately. Basically, with the Apple Card, Apple is trying to sort of lure you into this by connecting it with a reward system, which they don't currently have. Are there any privacy concerns that come with using the Apple Card? All the tech companies talk the talk about privacy, and it depends sort of who you ask as to how credible each of them are with how much they actually walk the walk. I think Apple probably has the most credibility. Certainly, it's, it's widely seen as such because they really don't have much of an ads business. You know, 80% of Google's revenue comes from advertising. So when they talk about privacy, it's really not clear that they're actually in a position to not be selling your information because that's sort of their whole business model. Apple's business model is really about hardware, right? It's high margin iPhones, it's high margin AirPods and watches. And so Apple's just not going to play that game and they don't really need to. So long as you're really satisfied with your personal finance application, you're probably more likely to buy another iPhone next time you need a new smartphone. Patrick, what else is Apple hoping will draw people to the card? So the key thing about the card is the wallet experience, which is their digital app for tracking everything. And I think the wallet experience is really quite good and it's transparent and it's nice and color coded and you can see month by month how much money you're spending at you know the coffee shop or on shoes or whatever. My sort of critique of this is that they're not ambitious enough. The fact that it only works for the Apple Card, that it doesn't really connect to your checking and savings account, let alone getting into your retirement account and sort of giving you tips there, to me doesn't sort of go far enough. It would be really nice if this wallet app sort of encompassed everything the way that something like Mints.com does. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our intern is Eileen Rodriguez. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also got help this week from Gavin Kalman. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business. 
Toronto Global Corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.